But that's not what I ask you. Why did you think that was a good idea? Under the probing eyes of my mother and the heat of her interrogative stare, I sat there with my adolescent mind trying to come up with a good explanation for why I had done what I had done. I came up with nothing but confusion. I sat there and sat there until finally I had to say my go-to line. I don't know. Hey, this is Michelle Spivan. I want to welcome you to another podcast of Wisdom Smag. So come on along with me as I delve into the power and the language of questions. See you on the flip. Over the years and in many iterations of lessons, trainings, and continuing education units that I've needed to get, I have been able to boil down the essence of what this is all about. And I've come away with something that many people uh, finally have to get, and that is how to use and wield the power and the secrets of the right questions. Yeah. There is, did you know there's a secret language of que- to questions? There's also great power in wielding the right questions. For so long, I thought it was all about the answers. And it really isn't. If I had to summate, uh, some, you know, really tell you what is the secret <laughs> to being able to successfully help someone get a, a new concept, get them to discover something, teach someone something, show them a new belief system, or even a new way of approaching stuff. I would say it's not in giving them the answers or even showing them the answers or teaching them the answers. Nope. I would say it's really about asking the right questions for them to discover the answers. So, in the opening, I talked about a a time, and it wasn't just once, this was a compilation. My mother would ask me the dreaded why question. Now, if you're listening and you've got kids and stuff, I'm gonna just tell you a little bit about these why questions for just a second, okay? Why questions to children? is like taking the air out the breath out of the air it they just evaporate any kind of ability for them to think and the reason why is because why questions tend to focus on probing ideas they tend to focus on uh conceptualized understandings critical thinking Now, let me ask you, do you think your two-year-old, your nine-year-old, or even your 14-year-old, whose their brains are still trying to fuse together on, you know, the left and the right side, do you really think that they are able to give you a question of about issues, about um, thinking uh, before something has happened? I would venture to say, if my lifespan development understanding and training still holds true, then no, they are not able to do that. They are more concrete than theoretical. So why questions? Hmm, 
that is a bad idea waiting to happen. You know, that was one of the things that I had to, <laughs> to learn. And I mean, in hindsight, I'm not saying that my mother should have known better based on her training. I'm just saying in the heat of the moment, a lot of times an adult will ask someone, whether it be a child or another adult, why did you do that? Think about that. Why did you do that? And then if you go, if you go back and you look at it, a lot of times parents, and I mean, I'm just, you know, giving you guys this stuff because to me, it is one of the foundational things that I have to always remember and I have to always uh, review, especially when I'm going into either a counseling or a consultation or a coaching session with someone. And it doesn't matter what age they are. Limit my why questions to either rhetorical or as a lead in that's not related to them to something. So that means, um, you know, why do people do the things they do? That's a question that someone doesn't need to answer. You know, it's just a rhetorical, you know, you're not looking for something. Um, A lead in is uh, also, uh, you know, with with regards to a why, it's, why do you think it's so hard to do X, Y, or Z? You know, that's the lead in because that is a question about an initial way to break the ice, which gets me to this thing about the parental use of why with your adolescent kid, okay? (laughs) Why questions tend to make people have to articulate the uh, intangible, the emotions Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, gender bias here, but I have actually worked with a lot of men that say they loathe when someone asks them why instead of what or how, when and where. They loathe it. And it is because why questions have to do with the real question behind them, which is not the why question. So, for instance, icebreakers. Um... And, 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 and when I say icebreakers, a lot of times people ask icebreakers and they don't realize that they're not asking the person that specific thing. They're asking for something else, whether it's a conversation starter or it's a probing question. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about the, the, the real power of questions. But I'm, right now, I just want to kind of like focus on the language of questions and with the, with the language of questions, there are different reasons why we won't even ask a question. So, for instance, a conversation starter is, um, how was your day? How are you doing? Have you ever gotten those text messages where uh, you haven't heard from someone uh, in a while and they ask, how are you? You know, now, if you want to be petty, a petty princess like I can be, you can say, fine. <laughs> Just leave it like that. But a how are you or how was your day? A lot of times it's not about how are you at that moment. It's not about how was your day. It's really about I want to talk with you. I I want to engage in a conversation with you. And a lot of times people get that wrong. Now let's talk about this why question with regards to the the adolescent mind and not even just adolescents. Sometimes I I, I run into adults that are still uh, unable to make this jump. And I used to wonder about it until I went through a training a few years ago that that just opened up a whole new level of understanding. Um, 
the why question. So when you're asking uh, someone, why did you do that? It's causing them to have to go in and, and figure out iterations of thought you know, whether it be creative thinking or, or critical thinking, it's causing them to have to try to figure out um, and self-diagnose. I did that because I wanted attention or I did that because I was uh, I had let boredom take over and I was looking for something to give me a spark of excitement to reconnect and stay in my body. You know, all of those things that you would not expect a kid to come up with. It, it just is what it is. And so why questions are, are really hard and they're not just hard for little kids, you know, and so they do the best they can with a, I don't know, because they don't, they really don't. And then you ask a why question to someone who is an adult and they are not understanding what you're getting at because you're posing it from your probing of trying to understand them and you're expecting them to tell you how they work. It's like going to a computer and asking, um, why do you process the way you do? I've yet at this particular time to have a computer tell me how, I mean, why they, they make the processing decisions they make. It just doesn't happen. It's like you can't really get the thing to tell you how the thing works. You have to go to the maker. Now, I could talk about maker model and all this other stuff, but that's not this podcast, not today. So let's go back to these questions, right? So you have this synchro language of questions. And we've already talked about what the why question does. Even when um, I'm working with people in a, um, a counseling kind of or a therapeutic, because I'm not a counselor anymore. I'm more of a coach therapist kind of person for going for getting questions to get you the right answers. But I digress. Let me get back on this. Even when I'm working with someone on the power of uh, journaling and how to do so, a bit of self-discovery, I ask them to refrain from asking source or whomever they are talking to through their journal, whether it be an older self, a wiser self, a, a god or goddess or whatever it is that, that they are talking to or the universe, whatever. I ask them to refrain from why questions and instead to consider uh, questions of how or what or even where and even getting you know getting down into the nitty-gritty of it getting them to ask the questions that cause them to have epiphanies insights and into intuitive gut punches uh, to their answers you know so there's that so this language of questions is is deep and it's it's simple and complex and all of those different things so i want to talk to you a little bit about this um uh, this training that i went through um and i'm not going to tell you the story about it i'm just going to tell you the outcome so i was uh doing a continuing education and because of uh where i was um it was i guess you could call it volunteering because i surely wasn't getting paid for it uh it was a parachurch um organization and it was connected to a ministry and so I'm doing a lot of premarital counseling, lots of it. And I'm just like this, I, I need more skills. I need to become uh, more capable in, in being able to help people because I don't like to be stymied and stumped and me sitting there looking at them and just asking them why, 
And yeah, it was a long time before I started realizing what the why question is about. And so I go to this training and they talk about the different ways people hear what you say and process what you ask. Y'all, this was powerful. So I'm going to go on and give it to you real quick. And that is people have different ways of processing information at different times. Um, when I first learned this, I thought that this these two different ways was how a person always processed something. And no, it's not that. It's just at that particular time how they process. So the two different ways are uh, you can have an inferred person or, or thinker and you can have a literal thinker. Now, in the context of uh, marriage therapy and all of those types of things and, you know, a marriage and family therapy uh, session, at any given time, they wanted you to ask leading questions to see how they answered. So um, a question to differentiate the inferred from the literal thinker for that particular session, because they could change on you, you know, was, do you have a name? And if you ask them, do you have a name? Based on how they answered was a pretty good indication of what, what camp they were in. So a literal person, if, if they were a literal thinker at this particular time and you asked them, do you have a name? Their answer would be, yes, they do have a name. It's literal. You literally asked me if I had a name. Now, the literal thinkers are the thinkers that mimic a child's mind in that particular situation. Not that they are not evolved. It's just that they take at face value exactly what you're asking and they answer that. That is why why thinking stomps them, because there is no direct tangible answer or palpable answer or concrete answer for a why question. So do you have a name? Yes, I do. Now, if you ask this question and they answer, do you have a name? And they say, Sally. Yes, my name is Sally. That's an inferred thinker at that particular time because they're taking what you're asking and they are internalizing it and coming up with either one, two, three, however many processes after that to give you what you are really asking for. So going back to this, why did you do that? If you're talking with someone who is an inferred thinker, who is connected to themselves, does their work, and you ask them, why would you do something like that? They maybe take a moment and then they say something like, <clears throat> maybe, I guess it's, I guess I was all in myself. I was being selfish. I apologize. You notice they did not tell you, oh, I did this and I did that because they just, they were able to associate the behavior with a real answer. And so that's the secret language of questions. So I want to hop over to the secret power of questions real quick, because that is where the magic really happens and how you can get into spaces with yourself and with others that you never thought that you could just by trying to go and learn factual answers to stuff. Now, when I was in school, in um, college, because I, I, I think, no, I, 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 you know what, going back, because I was in a magnet school for most of my education until the last few years of high school, I do remember 
brushing up against this type of questioning. Uh, but it wasn't until college when I was taking ethics classes, logic classes and things like that as, you know, uh, extracurricular because I, um, I was nosy <laughs> that I started seeing um, these types of questions and the power of them. Okay, so if you will, Socrates, Greek philosopher, great thinker, uh, he's attributed with the Socratic method of questioning. Okay, I'll give you a brief little primer because we only got a few minutes to go over this. And if you already know this stuff, just bear with me for those who may not. Okay, so the Socratic questions, there's there's usually six types. And um, those six types are set up to do different types of things. But what you need to really kind of understand is the Socratic method is kind of, and everybody calls it a discipline question. I don't like that. I just want to say that a Socratic way of questioning peels the onion down to the core it is a a way of getting people from that high level literal thinker down to a streamlined inferred thinker that's really what socratic questioning is okay so it is a way for people to pursue a thought you know meaning to develop it it's a way for people to discover an insight meaning that they start to get an insightful understanding of why they do what they do behaviorally it's a way for people to critically break down a process or an idea or a problem and so it has a lot of different things um the way i was taught uh was that uh, to truly do Socratic questioning in a fruitful way, it needed to be systematic and disciplined and deep. It needed to focus and and stick with uh, whether it was a concept, a principle, a theory, an issue, or a problem. Getting down and not going off on rabbit trails of other conversations until you and the listener had satisfied what you were looking at supposedly that this was how Socrates would teach his students um, back in the these times and he would continue to stick on that one path no matter how difficult frustrating or irritating it was and the funny thing is is uh, some kids naturally understand the Socratic method have you ever had a kid continue to ask you but why why? You know, they ask you, why is the sky blue? Um, it's blue because there's, con- you know, concentration of elements that uh, reflect, ref- refract the ultra uh, violet or indigo rays. But why? Why do they do that? And then they keep on asking you why, why, why? Now, you see, it's a why question in there. Um, and it helps you to get down to those cores. But there are many other ways to do this, to clarify things. So they have it broken down. And, you know, you can see it in different ways. A quick Google search will help you to understand the six different types. You know, so they have clarifying questions. They have those questions about an issue or uh, an initial question to open up something. Um, that Those questions about an initial question or an issue, that's where you're going to find a lot of your why questions. Clarifying questions, they are not going to necessarily ask you why. They're going to tend to ask you like uh, possibilities, like what do you mean by that? Or could you say that in a different way? I'm not understanding. Okay. Um, after, not after, but additional kinds of questions they're going to look for. You'll find these in um, probing 
they use a lot of probing types of questions. So they have probing assumptions, uh, probing rationale, reasons, evidence. Those are where you're going to find um, interrogate interrogation style questions uh, used by law enforcement um, lawyers. Your spouse when you come home late and there's no reason for it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So like I said, they they look for reason and evidence and those can um, have some whys, but usually they are the whys are not leading into it because they're trying to break down um, defenses or or whatever it is that would be hiding um, the why question. So they might start off with um, what time did you get there? Um, When? Did everybody show up? What led you to do this? Could you explain that? And then after those, they might start asking why. But for the most part, they are set up to break down stuff so that they can get to the root of something. Okay. So we also have um, questions that work with implicate implications and consequences. Um, I remember <laughs> I remember when I was developing. Um, uh, plans, intention plans for uh, for uh, my counseling theories class, and when I was having to also, you know, go and do my internships and all of those things in grad school, I had to come up with impl- implication and consequence questions, um, and and those were for me to answer to my professor as well as for me to explore with my uh, clients. So for instance, if I'm dealing with someone with an addictive situation, I had to have a course of action for the right questions to get them to understand uh, what they were doing, where this could lead. I, in my mind, I used, used to call it playing to checkmate, playing the, playing the game to checkmate, to get them to understand that. And then helping them to figure out, you know, alternatives with these same types of questions. Then you also have uh, questioning the question. These are usually kind of going to be your viewpoint questions uh, where you try to get people to switch uh, their, their basic or, or, or their locus of focus um, internally or externally. Um, you know what? Let me let me back off of that because that's going into counseling theories and that's not what this podcast is about. So I hope I haven't lost you on that. Let me go back. Let me get out of that psychobabble. And let me just say, a questioning the question is where you're really just trying to get someone to see a different point of view. Okay? So let me go over those six types real quick and uh, we'll move on from there because I just really kind of want you to see the power of a question. Okay? So clarify you can use a, a, the Socratic method to clarify a concept for yourself or somebody else uh, if you have a friend friend that's always that asks you why do I always do such and such and they really want your help you can use a clarifying concept a clarifying question um, those are what could you do uh, better what could you do differently uh, how do you see yourself in uh, two years if you keep doing this those are clarifying concepts because they get the person to start whittling away at the stuff that they don't want and the stuff they do, they're, they're doing to be able to see that now those are clarifying and and to me clarifying concepts and viewpoint concepts really work well together to get someone to get an aha moment you know and like I said this is not magic this is just the power of asking the right questions because a lot of times me myself I usually want to just give someone the answer and giving someone the answer doesn't matter if they have not gone down the intellectual 
or the internal trail of discovering that answer. Okay, so you have uh, you can do assumption questions where you just probe people's assumptions and work them through that. You can have questions where you get to folks's rationale. How do they come up with the stuff they come up with? Their reasons. What are your reasons? What is your evidence? Those are going to be in that legal field, <laughs> a nagging spouse that is upset with you because they know you had something. Um, again, questions of viewpoint and perspective. And then the implications and consequences questions that we talked about, uh, especially when you see someone doing kind of destructive behavior kind of things and then questioning the question. Uh, a lot of times for people like me who are natural questioners, we tend to have a, um, a gold medal in questioning the question. Um, you know, someone tells me to do something instinctively before I even know it. I'm like, well, why do I have to do that? Who made you the boss of me? Um, is that the only way that we can do it? Why can't I go and try it on my own? You know, we are probing the question, you know. Why is this? A, this is an arbitrary uh, time that you set up. Why does it have to be this day? Why can't it be another day? <laughs> so those are uh, questioning the questions. And like I said, you can find this stuff on just a quick Google search uh, down to it. But um, these have these questions have been powerful for me over the years because when you start learning the power of them and how to use them, you start being able to uh, qualify people for how you can interact with them in a situation. You know, think about it. Somebody asks you, do you have a name? And you say, yes, it's Michelle. You're an inferred thinker. Do you have a name? Yes, I do. <laughs> Literal thinker. And for that particular conversation, or it might be that that's how they are, that's how you're going to have to work with them. You're going to have to say what you mean. And that leads me into going back to what my mother was trying to get my mother was a straight shooter she liked for us to say what we meant get to the point even though um you can you can use uh, flowery stuff she you know she wasn't uh, just a facts kind of person but she was a you gonna give me the facts before we end this kind of person and she wouldn't let up and and because she kept asking me these why questions, even as a kid, I had to dig deeper because I loved my mother and I wanted to please my mother and I wanted to give my mother a satisfactory answer for my behaviors, for what I was thinking and all of these different things. And so I think even ahead of time, I was trying to figure out how to do the mental processing to answer her why questions. And because of that, it help to mold my inquisitiveness, my curiosity quotient, and all those different things that we use to explore our world and to make our lives more vibrant and more alive. And so there is something to this secret language of questions. So what's the wisdom smack? The wisdom smack that I have found is that when we're having conversations, everybody is on to this, this thing about deep listening and, um, having deeper conversations and they talk about the the quality of listening of listening to what someone says i'm going to take that a, another step further if you want to increase the quality of your conversations with someone go deeper with them after you learn how to listen and not uh, pause just to have something to say on your end figure out 
Are they asking questions of themselves? Are you in this in this conversation? And if so, how do you answer what they're really asking for? And if not, maybe you should figure out the powerful questions that you should be asking of them to help both of you move into a deeper relationship, a deep and deeper understanding, revelatory, you know, revelation conversation so that your communication and your relationship can grow deeper, better, and and more intimate questions. <laughs> and this is something that I personally have that does not come naturally to me and I have to be mindful of when I'm talking to my significant other I have to remember to be engaged and to search for whether or not he's asking a question and if he's asking a question what is the the answer that he's really looking for and vice versa teaching ourselves so that we go into deeper relationship deeper connection and we are are discovering our answers and not just trying to have a ready answer. I'm going to tell you, when you learn that secret language of what the question is really asking, and then you understand how to will the power of asking the right questions, it opens up a whole nother level and plane of existence in the way you communicate. A lot of times people have issues because they are having two disparate or different conversations at the same time. I <laughs> I look at my um, my interactions with a lot of people and I look for opportunities to grow those conversations. Have you ever had it where you're talking and you're giving all this information and you're on a deep level and then you pause and ask someone, what do you think about that? And they say, oh, it's fine. I don't know. Isn't that frustrating? Very frustrating. And then you do your probings and they get to a certain point and then they clamp back down. Oh, I'm sharing too much. Isn't that kind of frustrating? Yeah, I thought so. So today, this was my way of being able to share with you one of the most powerful skills that you can have that it doesn't take much to learn. It's just simply knowing the basics and then practicing. And that is understanding and using the secret language of questions to get to great answers and the secret power of questions to go deeper and build. So guess what? My time is up and I want to thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiber with Wisdom Smack. And if you liked what you heard today, please consider uh, sharing, liking, and also comment. Let me know you're out there. Let me hear you. And if you really like this, I would love for you to support us by using our Amazon link when you do your Amazon shopping at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. That's it for today. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.